Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pet, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. You're listening to an episode of The Host Show. I'm your host, Jesper Rivers, and we release a new episode of this show every Monday. Now, in these episodes, I interview Airbnb hosts from all around the world to share their stories and provide tips and tricks on how to get started and be successful as an Airbnb host. Now, this episode is brought to you by the Rising Stars Mastermind, which is the only mastermind for short-term rental hosts focused on building hospitality brands and scaling their hosting companies. This mastermind has been around for about two years, and it's been exclusive to our Legends X graduates. But Eric and I have decided for the first time ever that we're now opening it up for a select group of like-minded hosts to join the mastermind. Now, this mastermind is not for beginners. It's not for people who want to get started on Airbnb and talk about you know optimizing listings and guest communication and things like that. What we focus on are the things that will actually allow us to scale our companies and build long-term wealth in the short-term rental industry by owning real estate. So we're talking about building systems, we're talking about the hiring teams, developing our leadership skills, developing brands, and how to raise money. If that aligns with you and you're excited to work with myself and Eric for the next 12 months, then I invite you to go over to overnightsuccess.io slash rs and schedule a call with us to see if it's a win-win for you to join our mastermind. Get paid for your pet. 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 Welcome back to Get Paid for Your Pad. Today I have a, a very young guest on the podcast, but uh, the, he's got already a lot of experience in the short-term rental space. He's a true Airbnb rock star with uh, 13 units, uh, two owned, based out of North Carolina. Uh, and I think he, he, I think he owned his first real estate at the age of 21, which is very impressive. Uh, so Bailey Kramer, welcome to the show. Woohoo! Thank you so much for having me here. Super excited. Awesome, man. Yeah, I'm excited to have you uh, have you on. I think it's, uh, it's it's inspiring. Like, um, you know, when when young people ask me for the best advice I can give them in life, I always say like, try to own real estate at the youngest age possible, right? Because it's just a wealth generator over time. <clears throat> so just to hear that you got your first uh, first property at the age of 21 is uh, is really awesome. So really want to dive into your story. Uh, I know you have a lot to uh, a lot to share here, but yeah, give us a quick background. Like, how how did you get started with all of this? Yeah. So basically, um, I knew I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. That was like, no doubt in my mind, I was going to have my own business. Like the show Shark Tank back you know, when I was a teenager, that was like, I was like, geez, if I can just be one of these sharks, make the shots, make all this money, that's the dream. And then I went to college because that was just like the thing to do. And my first day of college, I actually made a video. I didn't tell anybody about the video, but I made a video on my phone, just like kind of selfie style saying, I'm in college, I'm gonna work my butt off so I don't have to be sitting in an office chair when I'm like 30, 40, and I can be on the beach and doing doing whatever I want. So I, I had that goal like from the start. And I actually posted that four years later on my Instagram after I ended up dropping out. But um, <laughs> to go back a little bit, I, I knew I wanted to like be an entrepreneur, didn't know ex- any idea what exactly I wanted to do. My parents, my dad worked a nine to five, my mom was like more of a stay at home mom. Um, but no entrepreneurial ties really. So found the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the most cliche in the world. But when I saw him talking about real estate, I was like, 
he is the smartest man alive. Like this, this just makes so much sense. So long story short, I went down a huge rabbit hole over like a year and a half while I was still a sophomore in college of just learning, listening to pocket, uh, podcasts, going through bigger pockets, the whole thing. And I ended up um, thinking that apartment complexes were the way that I wanted to go. So I went all in on apartment complexes, joined a mastermind group, um, and, and was basically hunting for the apartment deals. Um, fast forward like six months of hunting, a lot of great practice, but no results to show for it. And at this point, I was like a junior in college. And I was like, okay, my time's kind of uh, ticking here because my goal is to leave college having enough income coming in where I don't have to get a job. And I just didn't see the path to it through apartments. So someone in the mastermind group said, hey, I do short, I do um, single family properties. Do you want to help me cold call and find deals? So that was kind of the, the kickoff to it. And we can go more deep into it. But with that partner, we bought six houses together um, over the next like couple months. And then two of them were fix and flips. Two of them were long-term rentals. And then the two of them at the very end were short-term rentals, which was ultimately my introduction to um, short-term rental. Again, this was like, well, I was a junior in college. <laughs> and those uh, those deals, tell, tell me a little bit more. Was Did you invest any money into that or what was your role in those deals? Yeah, so w- when I was, and this is kind of like a big thing for what I t- would tell myself again and for a lot of young people or honestly, regardless of the age, is when I was doing that, I had like literally like no money. I was a college student. Um, I didn't really know exactly what I was doing, but I had like the hustle to network and talk with people. So before I met this partner that we ended up buying six houses together, um, first of all, like I said, it took over a year and a half from what, or a year roughly from when I registered at Portad. So nothing, nothing overnight. But in between then, I was doing a lot of like tasks and helping people out for free. So someone was like, hey, I have like this newsletter. Do you want to help me write it? And I'm like, sure, I'm a terrible writer, but I'll try it. So I was just doing all these little things for these different real estate investors, just trying to get some experience. Didn't know exactly how I was going to get in, but I was like, I'll need to do something. So then that happened. Nothing ended up panning out. But with this one guy, he said, hey, um, I have some experience buying properties, um, but right now I'm having a hard time finding a deal. Plus, he didn't have a lot of money. He didn't have great credit. I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have great credit. So we ended up going the creative financing route. So basically doing seller financing. Um, We did like two subject two deals and we bought one property cash, which was uh, the fix and flip. Right. What's a subject two deal? Subject two deal is something that honestly, I don't even, I don't even love that much. It's really, it's a unique structure. There's so it's it's a it's a it's a it's an odd one though. So basically, in the simplest form, we approached an owner. So this was basically like literally cold calling people who either like their houses were vacant. We we called people who um, whose houses were on the market for a long time. All these different like niche lists you can pull. We were basically pulling them, calling them, saying, "Hey, we want to buy your house." Da da da. So we found this one person. This is leading to the subject too, and he said great. Like I'm looking to move right now because I just got um, a new job down South. I think something in the military. And he said, my only problem is I don't have, I just bought my house like a year ago. And if I sell it, I'm going to be losing money on it after commissions, 
all those fees, everything like that. So he's like, I'm having a hard time and I don't have any really cash in my name right now because we bought all these fancy toys, cars, trucks, all these things. So the solution to that, to, for us to take over his house and to give him the win-win of being able to go buy a property down in Texas where he was moving was we ended up saying, okay, you have, you just bought your property, you have no equity in it and you want to move and buy a new house, but you have no cash either. So what we'll do for you is we will um, take over your existing mortgage that you just got a nice VA loan. So super low um, interest rate. I think it was like a 2.9, something like that. And we essentially took over the payments. And that way, when he was, when he moved down South, he was able to apply for a new mortgage and show the mortgage company that he's no longer, he no longer has the liability of this debt because we're taking it over now. So that's mm -hmm. kind of subject to in a nutshell. Is it still, is the original market still in, in his name though? Or do you literally take it all, all the way over? No, it's still in his name. Ah, okay. And even though it's in his name. name, he's able to get another market because he can show like, hey, I have a deal with these, with these other people who are now paying the monthly payments. Yeah, basically. And, and I'm, I'm definitely not a subject to expert. It's not, again, it, it's a super like creative in-depth thing. Pace Morby is like the guy that I watch for this stuff. Um, but yeah, so the debt's completely in his name and basically he goes to the loan officer and he just has to essentially prove that he's not obligated to that debt anymore mm. via our contract that we have. And then when they're right. seeing how much he can qualify for, they take off, I think, 80 or 90% of that debt out of his personal profile so that he can now qualify for something else. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah, and creative financing is something that uh, I wanted to get into. Um, it's something Eric and I are currently looking at a deal where we're figuring out some sort of way of creative financing as well. And uh, I know it's very, it seems like right now with the interest rates being so high, it's uh, it's more common for people to seek out these creative financing options. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about this. Like uh, this, uh, this subject two thing is, is one way to do it. Um, but I think you've, you've done other type of creative financing deals, right? Yeah, I, I've done two really other types. I mean, seller financing being the most typical one. Um, and I think that's like the most common one, especially right now, interest rates super high. I think seller financing is like, in my opinion, like the best way to go about creative financing. Um, and yeah, that's actually the first Airbnb that I bought was uh, bought using seller financing. All right, let, let's hear it. Let's, uh, yeah. So the, how you structured it. <laughs> yeah, this, this was a fun one. So basically, again, this was like through cold, this was like the cold calling. We were texting different owners. And this house that we bought was um, on, on the market for like 300 days or some really long period of time. And at this point, we didn't really have like a, we weren't going for short-term rentals. We weren't really going for anything specifically. We're just like, if someone wants to sell and we can make money on it, let's do it. Um, that was just like the start not mentality. And we found this house. And we found this guy who like really wanted to sell, but he couldn't sell because he was so stuck on his price. He went down a little bit, but he was so stuck on it. But we, we, we found this house. It was right on a lake. Um, it was a pretty big property, had like an outdoor full-size basketball court, a um, couple acres. It was, it was a really, it had a, had a guest house, um, six or seven bedrooms. It slept like 20 people. It was like a, it was a big property. So we were looking at it and we're like, okay, how can we make money from this property? 
Um, and we're like, okay, well, we can do Airbnb. But I guess going back on the on the financing piece, um, we said, okay. Well, I guess, I guess really when we were talking about our, our strategies to even buy the property, that was important because it needed some work. So we're like, could we fix and flip this property? And we're like, and, and, and if we were to do that, we would just raise money, cash, because again, we were in that mastermind group, which helped a lot from that. So we'd, we'd raise money, fix it up, and then flip it. But we were like, honestly, the, the property was listed at like $800,000. And the previous four houses I bought with this partner were all between like 60 and 180,000. So to go to that leap of buying a house for 800,000 and taking that risk of a fix and flip, we were like, no, thank you. Then we're like, all right, well, what if we just bought it, held it as a long-term rental? We're like, eh, wouldn't be the best option. So then we went to, okay, could this be a short-term rental? It's right on the lake. So we did some research, saw that the next door neighbor had their property on Airbnb and theirs was like a lot smaller. Um, it was it was nice, but it was not really anywhere near where this property could have been if we fixed it up. So we literally went on Airbnb, looked at, and this is not what we do anymore, but we literally just looked at how much they're charging per night. And it was like $1,300 per night in the summer. And we're like, okay, even though our property is bigger, better, all this stuff, what if we just got $1,000 a night? We ran the numbers and we're like, holy smokes. Like if we could just do a little bit worse, even though we have a way better property, this would be a home run. So we kind of checked the box of like, okay, like this is, we're going to go for this as an Airbnb. So when we pitched the owner, um, we basically said, listen, like we can't do the $800,000, the, the prices do I, but what if we did some type of creative financing? And this guy happened to be, um, he's, he's, he's like seven, he's probably in his seventies, maybe eighties, probably seventies. Um, but he's had tons of business experience and he was like all for it. So for this one, truthfully, there wasn't like a whole convincing. He was like, sure. Yeah. So we did um, uh, 12% down, or it was roughly 100,000. So I think it's like 11 point something or 12 point something, 100,000 down. And we put $80,000 into the rehab. We got a 3% interest rate on a five-year uh, balloon, amortized over 30 years. So basically 3% interest rate, we had to either refinance it or sell it within the five years. But we had a really solid rate and was able to get up and running super fast. Can you explain what how, what a balloon is and how that works? Yeah, yeah. So a, a balloon is basically, um, if you think about a traditional mortgage for a house, they they take the you know it's amortized over thirty years. That's like the traditional. Like you can even have a. I mean, there's a lot of different options, but you can have a fifteen year mortgage or a thirty year mortgage. What this basically means is those payments are broken up. Um, so that you pay off the entire property in 15 years or the 30-year option is you, it, they structure it so that after 30 years, the property will be fully paid off. So we had the same thing with this owner where we spread out the payments so that hypothetically speaking, if we paid it off, if we paid every single month for 30 years, we would pay it off. That's kind of how it was structured. But the balloon piece where that comes in is we don't have 30 years to actually wait and pay it off because the balloon, what it means is think about the, you can kind of think about it like a, an actual balloon, how it, it'll, it'll pop if it gets too big. Or if you think about it in this case, after five years, cause that was our agreement, it pops and is no longer valid. Basically our mortgage is no longer valid with them. Meaning the only way to continue running the property or 
staying afloat then would be to either sell the property and then pay back the lender, the, the seller in this case, or it would be to just refinance with the traditional lender, like we're talking about, just 30 year classic mortgage. Um, so getting creative, there's all these different levers you can kind of pull. Hmm. So I'm curious to know, like, if if you have that five-year balloon, why don't you just, wouldn't it be simpler to just get a five-year loan from him and pay him interest? Why is there the construction with a 30-year amortized and then the, the five-year balloon? Yeah, so, I mean, the 30-year, the 30-year, uh, your amortization. The reason why that is important is because number one, we're, 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 we're paying down principal. So it's not just like, you know, we bought it for, I said 800, it was really like 790, but we'll call it 800. We put down a hundred or a hundred. So now we owed him 690. So we wanted to, we didn't want it to be a straight debt deal where, um, it was interest only. We wanted to pay some down over time. Uh, and we also made, wanted to make sure it was over 30 years because that means the payments are lower than if it was like a 15-year mortgage. So yeah, hypothetically though, like there's no there's no really right or wrong. We could have done like a strictly interest-only loan if we wanted to. I guess we just didn't really. I don't know. I, I think par par part of it was like the principal paydown that we kind of wanted. Um, but yeah, that's definitely an option. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, just kind of curious. And, uh, you know, one thing I, I don't have much experience with, this is all new stuff to me. So that's why I'm asking yeah. you all these, you know, basic questions. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but one thing that I've noticed, you know, as we're looking at creative financing and talking to different, different owners of different, you know, deals that we're looking at is that there's no, there's no one way of doing it. Right. It, it, right. On the end of the day, you just have to find a way where the, the seller is happy and, and you're happy. Right whatever yeah. whatever it is that you agree on um it could be anything right which is which makes it a very interesting way to to finance uh, a deal um right. it's also to me it's also very interesting because I, f I feel like this is very unique to the U united states you know like back home like we, we don't have any anything like <laughs> this stuff you know? like we don't even have 38 year mortgage like uh and definitely not a fixed rate 30 year mortgage like our mortgages are like at a maximum there are 10 years and then wow. um you know what i mean it's either very you choose variable interest rate or it's 10 years and it's it's very difficult to get a mortgage you can't really do those type of deals where it's like oh you take over the payments and i get another mortgage and like right like creativity <laughs> and flexibility is, doesn't exist um yeah. so yeah it's really fascinating to me and uh, i'm starting to understand why especially in the united states like you know owning real estate is is such you know so beneficial right so right uh and it's more it's more doable like in my country if you don't have any money like there's no way you can buy a house it's just right basically unless you find an investor who's just gonna entirely finance the deal you know like right um so yeah it's very fascinating creating lots it's lots of opportunity for sure for sure but what you just mentioned with like finding an investor to um to just fund the deal for you kind of a funny story on that so back in I don't know, like six-ish months ago, I bought a property um, and it was a, I, I, it's a midterm rental right now. And I had, so this is like, it's kind of, you kind of go back and forth because at the time, it was back in October, I I had the money. So I just put up all the money myself. It was like all in like thirty to $40,000. Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, oh, okay, I'll just fund it myself. No big deal, whatever. And then I just did a deal like two weeks ago and I had, I needed a hundred thousand dollars for it. And I just raised that. So yeah, the whole, the whole deal was a hundred thousand dollars I needed for it. And I just raised that capital from a private investor. Um, and we'll go back to the networking thing too, of how I found this person, but it was honestly so much easier for me to like in, in the moment, it seems easier. Like, eh, I, 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 I have the money. I'll just use it. But when you can like make yourself get more creative, even though I have, you know, money to, to do more deals, if you can get more creative and use other people's money, it can just go a lot farther because now I don't have to like cap out at how many deals I do. It's just, I, I can only possibly cap out at how creative I want to get with them. So with this, with this lender in particular, I was like, Hey, I need a hundred grand. It's going to be about six months. I'm going to do some renovations and then I'm going to refinance it, have no money into the deal. And I'm going to make just as, just as much money, honestly, probably more money than the deal that I have my 30 to $40,000 locked up. So, um, the private lender route is super, I, I think it's super powerful. Um, the one other thing I'll say about this, cause everyone's like, Bailey, like your, your rich uncle must've given you the hundred thousand dollars, which is, <laughs> which he did not. The way that I actually found this, the, the private lender, and this is just like, I guess general, but really applicable to anybody. From the moment I read that rich dad, poor dad book, sophomore year of college, I made sure everyone knew that I was like, doing something in real estate. Um, whether that is me just posting on Facebook about it, even people I didn't even really know that well, when I'd see them, they'd be like, oh, you're doing the, you're doing like real estate, right? Even though if they didn't know exactly what I was doing, they knew I was doing something. So that was definitely a huge piece of me just talking about it. And then I was in a, um, a group called Toastmasters, which is like a public speaking group. I think it's actually international, um, really awesome group. And in that group, um, and at the time when I was in it, I was more of like the, well, I was doing a fix and flip at the time. So I was like the fix and flip guy. Then I was a long-term rental guy. So like my identity might've shifted a little bit within it, but ultimately I was a real estate guy to them because they don't know all these intricate details. So um, just by having conversations with somebody, with people, one of the people in the group said, hey, if you're ever looking for um, you know, private lenders or whatever, feel free to reach out. I, I might be interested. So that was like literally a year and a half, maybe two years ago now. And when I needed money for this deal two weeks or yeah, two weeks ago, I literally called him up and said, hey, I know we chatted um, about this a little while ago. Are you still looking for an opportunity like this? And, and I, I called a couple of people. They weren't interested and this guy was. So point being is like, it's, it's not impossible to raise private money. You just have to be vocal about it. And um you don't have to have family members, any of that stuff. You can, you can just do it from your network. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think one thing that, that I've learned over the last few years, you know, raising money and everything is people, people who have a lot of cash, like they're looking for opportunities just like we are. It's, it's an opportunity for both parties, right? Um, mm -hmm. Whereas I, I think a lot of people that I talk to who, who haven't raised any money yet, they're, they're just, they're in a mindset of like, I need something from this other person, but I don't really have much to offer. Where right. you do actually have something to offer if you can, you know, if you can put together like a really good deal and, and deliver uh, a good return to the investor, then, you know, they need, they need you just as much as, as you need them. 
Oh, 100%. Right? Um, 100%. And that's the case with the seller financing too, right? It's like, because if you, if for example, the the deal that you did with the person who uh, <clears throat> who has like, uh, with the $800 house, right? $800,000 house. Like, I don't know the house that he was looking to buy in Texas. Uh, Texas it was, I think. If that yeah. house would be only like three hundred thousand or something, he'd be left with a half a million that he then needs to invest, right? So it also creates because you don't really want to have too much cash lying around, especially now with the inflation, you know, kind of being out of control, right? Right. So it's a two way, you know, it's a two way uh, thing. So, um, but yeah, let's go. Let's talk a little bit more about the networking because, you know, that's that's also the, the number one thing I learned is like in the end of the day, like network it's all about networking right they say like your your net worth is your network right yep um and uh you know a lot of people when they think of raising money they're like oh there must be like a place where you go to, to meet that person right almost like an airbnb for people who, <laughs> who want to invest or something like that but it's really not like that right it's really just building your personal network and like you said like just letting the world know what you're doing um, so talk, let's talk a little bit more about like how some strategies that you've used to kind of build your personal network. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, starting from like very like brand when I was brand new, literally 19 years old, I just started learning about this thing called real estate. And I was just like, I had no idea what I was doing. I literally went on bigger pockets and I would message, um, each day I did more and more and more. I would do, I don't even remember at this point how many people I messaged. I ended up having like hundreds, if not a couple thousand messages in my inbox from bigger pockets of just people that I reached out to just trying to spark up a conversation. That was like step number one, just talk to people. Going to like meetup groups. If you're, if you, if you're brand new, like don't know anything, this is your, you're one of your first introductions to real estate, like meetup groups are great. Even if you have experience, meetup groups are great. But um, like having conversations with people are, are huge. Um, that's number one for just like getting your exposed, getting yourself exposed in the real estate world. Because what I find too a lot is everyone pretty much like, I'd say a lot of people know about real estate, especially like if you, the older you are, the more you know that, the more that you just know real estate is a good investment. Whether you have properties or not, people just know real estate is a good place to make money. So um, the problem though is a lot of people don't necessarily have people around them who do real estate. So they're kind of just like, they, they, they want to get into it, but they don't really have people to get around like them who, who want to get into it. So the key for that is, again, go to these meetup groups, go go message people on bigger pockets. Um, and then also like community, Facebook groups are huge. Uh, I met so many, so many key people that throughout my journey, literally just through Facebook groups, interacting, asking questions, um, podcasts. I used to, every time I listened to a podcast, I would message the, um, the guest of the podcast, say, Hey, I just heard your story. You have 10 minutes to chat. And I talked to so many high level. So just like getting myself familiar with it is number one. And then once you figure out, I mean, for the audience, when you're, when you're figuring out exactly which route you want to go, because you can't do, you can't do Airbnb, self-storage, multifamily, and uh, mobile home parks all at the same time, brand new. You gotta pick one route and at least commit to it for a little while. Um, then that's when you go all in on that niche. So if it's like, if you're like, listen, I wanna get into Airbnbs, like obviously you're in the right place right now listening to this podcast. 
and then go all in. Like Jasper, I don't know if you have a Facebook group or or other communities that you host, but that's what I always recommend for for new people. That's what I did on the multifamily side, although I didn't actually end up going through with it because after a little while, I realized it really wasn't right for me. Um, it's okay to pivot, but I went all in. I joined a mastermind group. Um, I got myself surrounded by people who could just uh, expedite my journey and, and get me there faster. So that's kind of my my overall spiel on it is, is figure out what you want to do from talking to a ton of people. Once you figure it out, get super narrow and then go all in. Yeah. Yeah. It's the biggest, uh, biggest things is uh you can't you can't figure everything out by yourself well you can but because it's gonna take so long right right um and you're probably gonna get some people reaching out to you now because you know the podcast <laughs> guest you were on, i saw you were some other podcast so people go reaching out to you like hey baby you have 10 minutes <laughs> yeah I, I i i like i'd say a year and a half ago two years ago i would talk to people for an hour i, I would i would have like conversations on conversations now it's a lot more limited but no seriously if you guys are listening and and want to reach out feel free to do so um because i i will talk to you especially i mean no matter what stage you're at but like when i started out and i was again 19 some huge people in like the multi-family space gave me like 30 minutes of their time and i was like whoa like this is crazy it was like completely free um so i definitely believe in the power of giving back but it's also yeah it, it, it's huge so yeah and, and you gotta be you gotta be willing to ask for help right a lot of people want to help you know a lot of people get fulfillment about you know helping out other people right so it's uh you know that's where you have an expression that says uh you have no and yes is what you can get right so it's like if you don't ask you know like you're not gonna get it so right. um so yeah just just putting yourself out there and reaching out to people and knowing that like, yeah, maybe like uh, only 10% will respond and, and, and give you some time, but those 10% of the people that do like can make a huge difference in, in yeah. your life, right? Like you said, like can accelerate your learning and your growth and your opportunities like massively. So, yeah. Um, awesome, man. Uh, well, love your, love your story. Um, and congrats on, yeah, congrats on your success, man. It's, it's, fucking, Thank you. it's really amazing to see like at your age, you know, you're doing all this stuff very inspiring um what's uh what what's your what's your goal for the next like i don't know three to five years like you have i know you have 13 properties now like you you own two like you manage 11 yeah um you've got quite a bit of experience like do you want to just keep growing your portfolio or do you, do you have like uh, some vision for what your life is going to look like in the next three to five years yeah three to five years so i mean Really, my goal right now is to, um, I, mean, I, have, I have so many different things, but my, my whole goal right now is to get to um, at least 10 Airbnbs I own by the end of the year. So 10 Airbnbs I own by the end of the year. Um, and these properties I'm going for are more on like the smaller side. They're like $100,000 properties in like the Midwest. So super low properties, great cash flow. And that's kind of my my first my first step. Once I have that that cash flow, fifteen to twenty thousand dollars per month coming in um, from those properties, then I want to adventure out into larger properties, cooler places, so stuff like that. And then also on the management side, um, I'm going to continue to scale that as well, um, for sure. I have I've I'm in like four or five different states right now, 
So I want to. I don't, actually, I don't. I don't want to grow in any more states. I don't want to get additional states. I just want to continue growing in the places that I'm already in. Makes the management side a lot easier. Um, but yeah, th- and then three to five years out, geez, it, it is so. I mean, it's hard because things change so fast. Right now, what's most important to me is just honestly keeping myself like, like I, well, one, I'm enjoying the journey, which I think is the most important part. And I just can see if I can get to my short-term goal in this year, I'll, I'll make some adjustments as far as like, okay, now what's next? Cause I'll never be, if, if I get these 10, pro, I'm not going to be satisfied with it. I'm going to keep wanting more, but honestly, what's more important to me now than I realize is like, I don't want to work the weekends. I'm keeping a balanced, balanced life. I'm happy. I like to travel. I've created a lifestyle that works for me. So three to five years, I just want to do things on like a way bigger level. Um, more properties, more more everything, but honestly, just kind of enjoy, enjoying the journey as it goes. Awesome, man. Sweet. Well, uh, owning 10 properties by the end of the year. I mean, uh, we're uh, we're almost in May now, so about seven months. That's a, that's a pretty ambitious goal. So good luck let's with that. It. And uh, maybe <laughs> I'll uh, touch base with you on uh, December 31st, see where you're at. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Awesome, man. Any uh, anything uh, you want to share with the audience before you before we wrap this up? Yeah, I mean, um, I would say if you're if you're looking to to get into Airbnb, you're definitely in the right place. The the, the this podcast, truthfully, um, was huge for me when I was starting out in Airbnbs because for my first property, when I when I told you I was I was we're like analyzing which strategy we should go for, I was like, I, I don't really even know how to manage this thing. So this podcast was huge for me. Um, truthfully. So thank you for that. And if, for you guys listening, if you want to connect with me, Instagram's typically the best place. You can just look up my name on Instagram. I should pop up. It's like the Bailey Kramer. Um, but feel free to reach out to me. Feel free to connect with me. I post about all things Airbnb as well. And um, yeah, that's what I got. All right. Awesome, man. Well, appreciate you uh, taking the time to be on here. Uh, And uh, for the listeners, hope you enjoyed this podcast and uh, we'll be back soon with another one. So we'll see you then. Thank you so much for listening to Get Paid For Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. Really hope you enjoyed the show. This episode is brought to you by the Rising Stars Mastermind, the only short-term rental mastermind for hosts focused on building hospitality brands, scaling their hosting companies. Now, this mastermind has been around for almost two years, but it's been exclusive to our Legends X graduates. But now, for the first time ever, we are actually opening it up, up to a select group of like-minded hosts to join us in the mastermind. Now, this is not a beginner mastermind. It's not for people who want to learn the basics around Airbnb and short-term rentals. What we focus on are the things that will allow us to really scale and grow, right? So we're talking about building systems. We're talking about how to build teams, how to hire the right people, how to develop your leadership skills, how to become the CEO of your company, uh, how to develop your brand and how to raise money. Now, if that's something that aligns with you and you're excited to work with us uh, for the next 12 months, then I invite you to chat with us to see if it's a win-win for you. Uh, You can find more information on the mastermind at overnightsuccess.io slash RS. And that's also where you can schedule a call with our team um, to discuss the mastermind and uh, see if it's a good fit. So, Uh, Appreciate you all and we'll see you next time. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.
Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.